is a warning Pray to the one you're relying I've been wondering all day I tried to be fine but I can't be The noise in my mind wouldn't leave me I tried to get by but I'm burning Hello. That was some that was some fire from Thames. I'm yes, not even going to yes. lie like like we was just talking about her everybody playing Essence and shit. Y'all need to get on Thames catalog right there. Yes. That's called Free Mind by Thames. So everybody go check that out. Welcome back you all. You know, we took a week off, but you know, I'm all about that self-care, that mental health that I need a break. So I take a break. So that's what I did. But, you know, we back with the fire. It's Damio. And I am joined here again with Jeremy. Since y'all liked him so damn much. You know. They love that episode. You know mm-hmm. how they all the Ah, oh, yeah. Jeremy speaking for the guys. You know? My guy. People was like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel about Black Boy Joy. Oh, yes. So... Let's give him a two for two. Two Let's for go. two. Let's go. All right, y'all know. So, you know, it's still cross-culture, so we like to start with the topics. All right, you guys. So, let's start this week's hot topics with a little bit of shade. You know, for the past couple of weeks, we've had to start with depressing shit, but let's start with some shady shit. I like shade. Um, so, this week, Jocelyn Hernandez, the Puerto Rican princess herself, was on the Wendy Williams show. Um, and, you know, they kind of had a little bit of a mild exchange. Jocelyn claims that Wendy Williams kind of acts some towards um, some type of way towards black women on these shows. So I'm actually going to let Jocelyn talk about her experience. Country. I had a house camera. No, no, you have the number one show on like- Zeus and you got renewed for a third the season, which is to be commended. The number one show on the country is Wendy. It's, okay. We love you, but at the same time, you have to do better. You're not in a you're not in an abusive relationship anymore. You don't deal with that man anymore. You should be in a better place. And when people come on your show, especially black culture, you should be nicer to us, the ladies. You should respect us. You should give us our flowers while we're here, and you should tell us how proud you are of what we've done in the street. But you have nothing to say about what what my feeling. I just said what I said. All right, so Jocelyn feels some type of way. She basically feels like Wendy Williams does not support black women on her show. Now, social media did have a lot to say about that. It was a lot of back and forth. Some people, you know, obviously agreed with Jocelyn because we see how Wendy is. We know Wendy is a troll. But some people said, well, Jocelyn, (laughs) quiet as kept. I've never seen you on anybody else's show, so maybe you shouldn't bite the hand that feeds you. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I didn't even think about it like that because – yeah, I haven't really seen her anywhere else, but like loving hip hop. But um, when I first looked at it, just from like face value, like what it was, mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, I do, I do have problems when I see you know black people on black publications, and like you'll have some black publications fishing for like controversy and things like that. Mm-hmm. So like even like I remember for a while I stopped watching The Breakfast Club because I right. felt like Charlemagne just. He would just drop the ball on certain moments, whether it's black women speaking on right. like different things that they going through right. um, traumatically, or black yeah. men talking about some of the things they had to go through, and he just making jokes. I understand right. it's a show; you got to get ratings, but at the end of the day, like be kinder to black people. You know what we go through, you right? Know? So from face value, like I was agreeing with Jocelyn Hernandez, mm-hmm. but then 
you shared a perspective with me that I didn't even think about it, that I agree with as well. Yeah, because to me, I definitely feel like, um, I feel like it is a constant with black celebrities that they only share with black media. Um, Because it's kind of like, at the end of the day, y'all would not be famous if not for these this black media because nobody cares about you to that extent. And that's just a fact. Thanks. Like, who is who is Jocelyn Hernandez if not black culture and black media? And by black media, Jocelyn really only exists on the shade room. So Wendy is the only, I think, publicized actual cable network in which she will bring you on there. So for Jocelyn to get up there and say, you don't give me my flowers, this is your flower. If you didn't know, Jocelyn, this is your flower. I'm acknowledging you enough to bring you on my show that I've had for years. And I think that it's only in black culture do we make it a habit to, like, point out the worst in people and not acknowledge, like, the space that they hold. Wendy is a troll. We all know Wendy. She can be mean, and she, she should, you know, she should exercise better habits. I'm not saying that Wendy isn't a bitch, but... I think that too often people act like Wendy is not a goat in radio, media, and TV. And, you know, I I would never hear her go on no E! online news. If they called her a stripper and said, yeah, so do you used to call yourself Janelica? She would eat that shit up Mm -hmm. and be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I started off as a stripper and wouldn't ask for no damn flowers. She would just say who she is. Kind of get on that... uh uh, what's, I, I didn't want to use the word coon, but I, I couldn't think of the other thing. But like straight cooning, like you yeah. know, it's like I feel like we turn into entertainment when they call us out, but when we call each other, and then honestly, that's a conversation between two black women that can kind of happen backstage. Mm-hmm. So, it didn't have to happen yeah. on air, and I think that it was it was it was disgusting for her to bring up. Oh, you done left that man now, so you should be more positive. It's like Jocelyn, Stevie J is your baby daddy. Relax. Just relax, just a little bit, just calm down, you know. But um, let's switch gears and talk about something, um, something that was a little bit traumatic that did happen in the little hiatus. Um, so we did have the positive news of Derek Chauvin being convicted on getting, um, you know, three counts guilty, and that was great, and we had a moment. And then maybe two, three hours later the news broke of Micaiah Bryant, a 15-year-old girl that was shot and killed in Columbus, Ohio, over um, a a fight, what looked like just a fight amongst teenage girls in the neighborhood. Um, So the reports were that Micaiah Bryant herself called the police. Now, there's still a lot of conflicting reports about where exactly she was and what that relation is to her. Is it that you were at home? Um, Some stuff were saying that she was a foster kid, so she was in a foster home. Um, That is still unclear. But what is clear is she called the police because a bunch of girls came to her house trying to fight her, and she grabbed a knife. And the video, we saw that she was trying to attack the girls with the knife. Um, And that point, that is when the officer gave her four bullets to the chest. Um, so, you know, this happened, we have all talked about it, but what has been happening recently is that we see a lot of people on um, the internet. And one of these people is actually DJ Envy from the breakfast club has been like really vocal about saying that he feels like the shooting was justified. And people are saying that this shooting was justified because Micaiah had a knife and it wasn't that the officer just killed Micaiah. It was that he was protecting the life of the other girl. Um, before I say how I feel about it, I will allow my guest to tell us. All right. So, um, 
First, I wanted to address like Derek Chauvin since you uh, mm-hmm. spoke on him. Um, I hate to be like the the party pooper because you know we we get we get disappointed by um, the legal justice system system all the time. So I guess like the small victories even feel like big victories, you know, as far as accountability. But if we can remember a couple of years ago, the Kwame McDonald's killer right. was found guilty as well. Damn. And how many years did he actually do? Like, I yep. feel like we need to celebrate the, not the verdict, but the sentence. Yeah. Because, okay, let's just say they do find him guilty of all of that. And then right. he get seven years served, three and a half. Right. Is that necessarily justice? And I'm not necessarily calling for life in prison and things right. like that. Because I don't really morally feel I have a say on like what's the amount of time for a certain crime but mm-hmm. I know three and a half years is not enough for right. somebody being dead so I do think we need to pump the brakes a little bit mm-hmm. see what they give them because we need to be out here rioting if it's something crazy because right. the, the fight is not over as far as even that case that mm-hmm. that fight's not over so I just wanted to say that but um this is this is a conversation that's it's hard because um I think that to say the shooting is justified is problematic. Right. Right. To acknowledge that he won't be found guilty is a different thing. And I mm-hmm. feel like even when I saw that video, he they're not going to find him guilty. Right. Because of their probable cause. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, <clears throat> within the video, she, uh, I guess, attempted to stab the other girl. Right. That's probable cause enough. You know, so... The way they look at it legally, that's probable cause enough. We just going to lose that battle. Now, it's okay to fight for it and to argue that, you know, if she was a, a white woman or things like mm-hmm. that, she would still be alive. We right. know that, yeah. you know. But I'm tired of black people dying because we think that we have a certain um, freedom when it comes to law enforcement. Like, it, it's like, at this point... We sh- we should just know that we it's it's two different Americas, you right? Know? And even in my experience, like I've been pulled over with some of my friends, and like you know, you just doing this because I'm black, you know what I'm saying? You racist, da da da. Don't do that in the car with me, yeah. <laughs> because now now you putting my life in danger. No, that's you know a fact. Though. That's we don't facts. get to act like white people and and, and right. express different acts of rage. Now, obviously, if it's a mental, she may have had actually had mental issues. So like mm-hmm. mental issues, that's that's kind of different. But at the end of the day, I feel like black people to say to 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 point out the injustice of if I was another color, I would still be alive. That's fair. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's about survival. So at the end of the day, if you can control yourself in a situation, don't even think about that. Just think about how you're going to survive this interaction to even be able to tell your own story, because that's the unfortunate part. I mean, when when you're not alive anymore, you don't really get to make the fight for yourself and you have to depend on other people. So um, I think it's unfortunate that that little girl died uh, regardless of the situation. Yeah, I think it's just I think for me, it's just more unfortunate to get on the Internet and see our own people like really going hard for. Well, she deserved to get shot because she was trying to stab her. And it's like to me, you know, I hate to 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 be a if. It's because it's a black woman, but it's like, 
it, it really is a lackluster justice when it comes to black women and black girls. Like for us to, it to me, it's like for y'all to say that Mike Brown didn't deserve to die is the same to me as saying that Makaya Bryant didn't deserve to die. Because at the end of the day, they all was doing teenage teenage shit. Like right. that's it. Like I. Look, I grew up in Chicago. I can count how many girl fights I done been in and, you know, and how many weapons people have had, you know, from switchblades to razors under the tongue to whatever. Like, that's just street fights, especially, you know, depending on what community you're in. But I think that we as people be talking about the wrong things. I think the better argument to be having publicly could have been like, damn, where was all the neighbors? All y'all came outside for this, but where we are when these girls were fighting? Right. Like these little these these are young kids. She was fifteen. That's a freshman, sophomore. If only, you know what I'm saying? If if we really all had to be held accountable for whatever bravado we might have tried at fifteen, for all you know, that girl was scared. She called the police. The police came. She trying to pop hard. Now she got a knife. She trying to pop hard. And that's just a kid thing to do. Right. And she should have been allowed to do that without us now getting Four on the notes. internet. Yeah, talking about, well, duh, she was going to get shot. And I was like, come on. Like, like People are weird with the whole, like, police are trained to kill. Like, Yeah, what the fuck? Weird. Are they like, really? Like, like it's, it, that's just weird. It's, I blame movies. People really think police yeah. officers have these intense jobs. And it's like they're driving and it's car chase. Like, no, these glorified security guards. Right. Just that's it. But rest in peace to Makaya Bryant. Um, you know, we do want justice. We want justice for everybody because, as, as you said, I don't feel like we have fully gotten justice yet for George Floyd. Let's push for the George Floyd Act to be signed. And then maybe we can really start Thanks. talking about justice. So don't let up. Don't get lazy, everybody. We just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but you know, as consistent as police brutality is, we are still here with coronavirus, right? Um, right now, this has been over a year of our lives talking about coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. So let's give a couple of updates about what is going on with that. So the CDC has just said that if you were vaccinated, you do not have to wear a mask and, um, you know, public places for the most part except if it's like a really crowded you know place so basically do what everybody's been doing anyway the cdc said it's okay to do it now so now i don't feel bad when i don't have a mask as i'm recording a podcast but i have a mask on in the grocery store um second thing that they're talking about as people are getting you know there's still a lot of trepidation about the vaccine but pfizer is now releasing a coronavirus pill so what that means and what they're talking about is kind of like if you do catch coronavirus this is now going to be the medicine that is used so like you go to your local pharmacy and you know your doctor prescribes whatever pill this is um people are still saying like i'm still not gonna take it but, you know, for me, I just feel like this is why the Internet isn't always good. Because now right. people think that they're pharmacists and doctors and they really know. And it's like, baby, they probably got one different ingredient from what you already taken. Exactly. And like, you probably really don't know. So I don't know. I'm not like pushing medicine and I don't support big pharma. But I, you're going to take it in the hospital anyway. So it's mm, like, I mean, if you okay. let it get that far. OK, when yeah. it's you life and death, you're going to decide what you're going to do. Like you're going to think about it. 
Um, and you know, lastly, let's get to some global news with this coronavirus. So as you know, as the CDC is trying to make it seem like the coronavirus is kind of dying down, it is actually not in India. India is currently facing a new, um, like very sudden outbreak of coronavirus. Currently, it is the world's worst coronavirus outbreak. Now, if we remember, it started in China. Italy had a really bad break. We were number one. So now it is India's um, time. What they are saying is that the country's healthcare system has collapsed because patients are in desperate need of medical care and oxygen. Um, and just because, as we've been finding out um, more and more, with this coronavirus outbreak and as the cdc has recently ruled a lot of medicine and medical care in the world is very systematic um so your race your social class and all of those things are going to be intersected with your medical attention um if you all know anything about india india is one of the poorest countries in the world and as we are going through a global pandemic they are suffering the most so, everybody, please send your prayers to India. Donate what you can to help and continue to spread the word um, that, you know, our global leaders need to support that country the way they've supported other countries in crisis. Yeah, because they definitely pick and choose who they want to help. Okay. And we've just seen throughout time, it's usually uh, more Western or a proximity to Western type countries. So. Exactly, because... When friends had a little burn in church, the whole world donated quick, fast, and in a hurry. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, let's pick our energy back up, all that serious <laughs> shit. Uh-huh. Let's talk about something that was very interesting this week. Um, so we've talked, damn, we talking about the Breakfast Club a lot now at this point, but the Breakfast Club just be popping at times. Yes. And this week was no different. So they had. The infamous Dr. Umar Johnson on there. And y'all know when Umar gets out and speaks in public, we just got to talk about the nonsense that he says. Um, But you know what? I'm going to be real. This time it wasn't complete nonsense. So Dr. Umar got on there. Of course, he's going to tell us that black men need to stop dating white women because you got to continue to promote that message. Facts. Um, You know, he got on there and talked a lot about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in our administration, um, especially with this new um, anti-Asian hate crime bill that was passed. And he made some, um, some people say valid points about, you know, how they've kind of like trained us or conditioned us to feel like as a president, it is your duty to represent all of America, which is why we as black people have never received individual acts or things. Um, But as we see now, it is something that can exist. So he brought up a lot of that. In um, his interview with, you know, Charlemagne and them. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 on how I feel about it. On the Asian uh, crime bill? On what people are saying, like rhetoric, like what Dr. Umar says. Because I think that this is what I think is irresponsible. I think that people got to stop getting on, like, TV or social media platforms and just blatantly saying, like, Joe Biden built his platform on the back of us and this is any other. And I'm like, yes, that is true, but I need everybody to like calm down for just a second because it has barely even been the first hundred days. There is a lot of shit that was like 
left undone, unturned, and in like pandemonium. There is a global pandemic going on. And I'm not saying that it doesn't look crazy that Asians got a bill, but I'm just saying like at this point, you know, what we need to just address is the George Floyd Act because that's already there and that is something that needs to be handled. But to keep acting like, when are we going to get our thing for black people? It's like, do we know what that thing is? Well, yeah, because, and I think that that's something that he started to address too throughout the interview is that black people need to mobilize and get a little bit more organized because, you know, since we're not monolithic, like, different black people are going to call for attention to, to different things, right. whether it's mental health or food deserts or education. police brutality, education. It's just so many things yeah. that we need. To, we just need a whole, yeah. uh, a, a whole, we just need a lot of attention in our community. But um, I think because Biden is kind of like a um, extension of the Obama administration, right. or many people at least see him that way, that's when a conversation about Barack comes. Mm. And I think what the black community and really even the country, because when you look at Trump and how like he was the face of racism, right? Um, they made Obama the face of hope. Mm. And, um, you know, I remember back in the day, like even, you know, before he got elected, like, oh man, we got a black president. That means that things are going to change for black people. Um, the higher, the you know, the higher ups as far as like the cabinet obviously consists of people throughout the country, right? But mainly still in that one percent, so mm-hmm. they're out of touch. But that's where you have to acknowledge the racism in it because at the end of the day, these people are still voting on these bills. Mm-hmm. And if the Asian hate or Asian crime bill was introduced and then it got passed ninety six to one, right? Was the model minority type mindset? a reason why that was passed so fast. Exactly. Whereas black people were dying from police brutality and the Obama administration, uh, before Obama, you know, I I, I mean, we can at least just say, I mean, it's been happening forever, but I mean, it's been a, we've, we've seen it on TV since Rodney King. Yeah. So that's like three decades. So, you would just think it would almost be a state of emergency for black people to, to for that for that crime bill to be passed, um, or did you, or even just the you know the recent um, George Floyd bill, but it's just not happening. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's like oh necessarily Joe Biden. I wouldn't say Joe Biden cares. I don't think he cares either. But to solely blame Joe Biden for why that's not getting um, passed is, is something that we just have to look at how our government works what goes into it. But it's unacceptable that it hasn't been passed regardless of what people want to say. Yeah. It, it definitely hints towards racism. For sure. Like, I, I, I'm not saying don't hold people accountable, but I feel like, like, for example, Charlemagne has not let up on Joe Biden since, like, he got elected. And I think that's, like, when you have platforms like this and y'all just keep, you know, putting things out there, you're starting narratives. You're creating narratives. And, like, part of the narrative you're creating is, like, this man ain't did shit for us. This is then the other. We voted for him. And I'm just, like, as much as you feel like, oh, that's putting pressure on our politicians, what it's really doing is just, like, giving us divisive politics. And one thing that we should have learned from this election is that when we're on one cord, one accord politically, we can get action. We can have things happen. We can get policy change. We can, you know, we can do something. And I think that 
you know, when we have these people who don't fully understand politics, they just understand radicalism. It's like you you speaking out of turn. But I, I think it's that. But also, like, the reason why it's so bad with Joe Biden as well, um, even just versus Obama, like, we kind of assumed a lot of things for Obama just because he was black. Right. Joe Biden got on The Breakfast Club and literally told black people, you not black if you don't vote for me. Yeah. So how the, how the hell you say that out yeah. your mouth, but then you not thirsty to, you know, get, like, it's just Because like, it's how bro. Kamala Harris literally just said that America is not racist. Right, or or America's not racist, but also we're not going to just do something specifically for black people. Well, you just did something specifically for Asians. Yeah. How were you able to do that so quickly? Why was that? Because, I mean, I, I, I don't research too much into, you know, Asian violence. I understand it exists. Mm-hmm. I've seen different cases. Yeah, but I don't know the statistics. But I don't, I don't really know the statistics. Um, but it, y'all obviously thought it was a serious enough issue to immediately pass that bill. And I think that so, everything that we we push against is, like, literally the structure of America. Yeah. That's part of the issue. It's, like, everything that we want is, like, damn, y'all just going to take the rib of America? Yeah. And I think we, I mean, it just is it, it makes us feel, like, increasingly disposable because... Yeah. Obviously, our deaths don't matter enough. Yeah. Some happen to them. We're not even just talking about deaths. We're talking about, you know, getting spit on or, you know. Abused. Abused or something like that. We're not even talking about, like, blatant deaths caught on camera. But you still took it serious enough to go ahead and do something about that. Yeah. But people been getting, I mean, black people have been getting lynched for years. Like, yeah. And just suffered, you know, through white, white brutality or any type of racist brutality from anybody and it's just, we, they haven't paid too much attention to us. So and, it's just and, crazy. Yeah, and it's just like, I think, too, with the George Floyd Policing Act, is like, it's such a hard um, act against police. Like, that's the thing, because it's like, I think it got, like, coverted with race, but if you really read the bill, it really low-key don't got shit to do with, like, necessarily being black. It's just kind of something that you know, helps black people the most, because we suffer it the most, and, you know, with it being named after George Floyd... There's that. But it, it's it's really about challenging the police. And I have no idea. It really is scary how America is so attached to its structure of policing. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Because it's like, if you look at it from any angle, it's not efficient. Right. It's just not. They take so much money and so many resources for crime to be this high, for them to really not be doing shit but killing more people. And I do and I do want to see what reform looks like as well. Like because in theory we all know the police needs to be reformed, but what does that what does that look like? Is it less uh pres- is it like is it less of a presence in our communities? Is it like you know, if they do shoot I don't think police officers need guns. Because I don't think truth be told, I think that half half our battle with a lot of stuff is gun control. Like, not, mm, you know right. what I mean? Because it's like, I'm not saying that police wouldn't be racist towards us, but I'm saying if, like, guns weren't in the thing, maybe niggas could live to tell the story and try them or do something so that it's not, like, just death upon death upon death. Like, officers don't need guns. The only reason officers have guns is because civilians have gu- Like, it's just a cycle of a bunch of people that don't need guns and only have guns because we've allowed people to have guns. I, I agree with that. 
I mean, if you take the guns away from us, it's no reason for them to have guns. Yeah. It's kind of just like an invading military presence at that point. Exactly. It's just kind of like, maybe, okay, maybe they'll still whoop our ass with batons and shit, but it's Mm. like, I'd rather get my ass beat than just be dead. Like, Mm. damn, like, let these men come home to their families. Let something, like, just let us have something. It's, I'm just, I'm over it. Yeah. I don't even know what to do. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, it's hard. It's hard, but we 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 stay on his ass. Stay on his ass. Please do. Yeah, Joe Biden and and Democrats have been blowing me for a long time under the disguise of liberalism and wanting the best for us, but nothing gets done. Ever and we vote for them in in such mass, like I don't know. I mean, I don't. You know, the alternative isn't really that great either, but. That's because we as black people We don't even communicate with ourselves About what we supposed to support Exactly Because honestly it made sense in 1958 To support Democrats Because they was doing something for us But now it's like Who doing something for us To support them But anyway I digress So our next um, hot topic Comes from the love and hip hop world So y'all know love and hip hop Just refuses to die I you know It really refuses to die So apparently they have a show Called like reality Like what is it called Um, Relationship boot camp Or some shit relationship Something some stupid shit where all the Married couples yeah like Michael Blackson is on there it's a very Ridiculous show and on this show, there's a clip went viral this week of Mendeecees and Yandy. So if y'all do not know the backstory of Mendeecees and Yandy, um, they're from Love and Hip Hop New York. And Yandy's like a, a manager slash promoter or whatever. That's what she's known for. Um, but maybe like the second or third season of Love and Hip Hop, Mendeecees went to jail. Right? He went to prison. And he was in prison for like five, six years. But throughout that entire time, um, you know, with three children, and a, a son that wasn't even her own biological son. Yandy held him down. You know, she did what she had to do. We saw her on the show doing all of that. So now they're on this relationship camp, boot camp show, and they're talking out their feelings. And, you know, the question kind of came up from Yandy that she felt that, you know, let me back up. First of all, Mendeecees was complaining because he felt that Yandy didn't call him every day when he was in prison. He said, you know, I felt that. His reasoning was, if I was outside, I wasn't in prison, you would be calling me all the time to see what I'm doing and where I'm at. So now that I'm in prison, why you don't be calling me all the time? Yeah, I mean, I, I can get that, but it's also just like having somebody in prison, it's, it's, it's stressful too on, on a person that's even not in prison. So I don't want to remind myself every day that you're in prison and have to think about that. Like, I, I get it. I, I get why you in your feels, but it, yeah. it really don't make too much sense. And it's like, sir, honest. shut the hell up. So then Yandy, you know, then goes to ask him, you know, like, I feel like that is such, you know, that's a selfish complaint considering right. everything. So then she says, well, shit, could you do what I did? Like, if it was the other way around, could you hold me down? And then DC says... He does not know, like, you know, he got to see if he was in the situation. But essentially he said no, but he was like, you know, I don't know. Um, Needless to say, Yandy is more, she's embarrassed now. This is an embarrassing moment. Yeah. But I do want to ask you as a guy, because I think there is like a a big stigma on women to like hold men down. Would you hold your woman down and she got locked up? 
it depends. First, I mean, it depends on what you got locked up for. Okay. Um, that, that's one, because if you got locked up over something that was completely avoidable, then probably not. Um, <laughs> like, because at least for me personally, right? what type of woman am I dating to where she going to jail? It, it more than right. likely is going to be something unnecessary. So that's kind of just you being irresponsible. We ain't really got time for that. So would, what about if it was no. the other way around? What if you was going, would you expect her to hold you down? Um, to be, well, you know what? Just because I've seen the situation played out so many times. I mean, I wouldn't even, ex- I wouldn't expect her to hold me down no way. Damn. You feel me? So mm-hmm. like, even if she stayed around, but I even if that was your wife, because that's oh, the thing, wife, they're married. Right, 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 right. Um, see, yeah, when you add marriage to it, that's completely different. But it, I mean, it kind of still matters, like, de- depending on what you got locked up for. But obviously, if that's my wife, I do expect you to hold me down unless I just right. put our entire thing in jeopardy. I mean, I think whenever you go to prison, you've already done that. Like, Right, you know. so that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't really... I I wouldn't say he don't love her because he put himself in a position to be away from his kids and his wife, but at the same time, like, for Mendes, he's to say that he don't love her. Right. For me, so that's what I'm saying. Like you can't really have this expectation of loyalty when you did whatever you had to do to end up in jail for so long. Like, yeah, what are you thinking in that moment. I just think I find it crazy that he didn't just lie. Yeah, but see, but okay, so addressing the fact that he said he don't know if he could. Yeah, so it's lying, but I also feel like certain things are kind of better left unsaid. Like you know how that how that's gonna be taken. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I, I don't think that was a very smart statement, especially on reality TV too. Like you you know when you embarrass somebody, and that's that's what I don't like about reality TV. It's just so much clownery <laughs> that I really don't even feel like would happen in real life. Yes, like. But he, some dudes really that much clowns that they probably would actually say that out loud. But I mean, he did I mean, on TV. I feel like if you could say that on TV, you for you damn say, sure yeah, in private, yeah, like you for damn sure yeah. would have said that, if not worse, in private. Yeah. And I just, it, it's just a crazy ass double standard. Like for you to just say you ain't call me enough every day when I was in prison, and then turn around and say. But I don't know if I would have even right did anything, did anything, stayed around, and right. it just was a lot to watch what Yandy went through with Mendeecees. But being like, in how much of that do you feel is scripted? Um, I mean, I think yeah, like the little dumbass drama with her her mother in law for sure was probably scripted. Um, and even his other baby mama, or whatever, was probably scripted. But I think it's a very hard reality to have like all them kids. And be on your own. And then have one of the kids not be yours, but y'all still trying to maintain some relationship between that kid and y'all kids and the baby mom. It just is a lot of, like, inner workings. And I think that for him not even to have the respect enough to just be like, man, Yandy, you already know what I would do. Just even to say that, it's just like, yeah, he, you didn't care. You that wa- situation was just weird to me. Like you wanted thing. to hurt her in that moment yeah. because you was upset that she ain't call your ass every day. Yeah. And she said that it didn't make sense to call you every single day. So, I don't know. Niggas be weird, to be honest. Yeah, that was... Niggas really be weird. But you know what? Um, Speaking of weirdos, let's get into our Alodo of the Week. All right. So, our Alodo of the Week actually comes from um, a Chicago story. So, a couple of weeks ago, um, 
unfortunately, we had to report the passing of seven-year-old girl, Jaslyn Adams. Now, Jaslyn Adams was the poor little girl that got murdered in the McDonald's parking lot with her father. Now, this recently, I think it was this week, her father, Jonte Adams, kind of did like a press tour. I don't know what the fuck he was really doing, but he definitely got interviewed by a couple of different um, radio stations and things to talk about his story. Um, So before we really get into what fully made this man a Lodo of the week, I got to give y'all that drop one time. An Lodo, somebody who is a dumbass, stupid, makes poor decisions, comparable to a donkey. Goofass. So John Tay Adams, um, on one of his public appearances, was found on live making a statement about you know what he would do and how he would protect his daughter. So again, if y'all don't know the story, the story is you know him and Jasmine were getting some McDonald's, and evidently he was targeted by some people who knew he had the PPP loan or something like that, something very like Hood Chronicles. Um, but Jonte thought that he would get on live and explain his side of the story. Let's listen to what he had to say. Real members gonna understand that, like a real member's gonna still be a real member. Like, put your baby before gang. I'm not going to die for my baby, bro. Like, I'll die, I'll die for the guys. So that was Jonte Adams, the father of Jaslyn Adams, who he was in the car with when she got shot because people were after him. Um, made the statement on his live that, you know, people expect him to die for the guys. And, you know, he not, you know, he not going to die for his daughter, but, you know, he going to die for his guys. That, to me, is a load of behavior. Like, your daughter just died. It's weird enough that you're going on this press tour to talk about your daughter dying. But then to get on social media, to get on the live and make a statement like that, that you would not die for your daughter, it's like, for what? Who you doing this for? Just some weird-ass clout-chasing shit. Yeah. I mean, I think I think half of his clout-chasing, I think the other half is that he's not getting his get-back no time soon. Mm. Because once something happened to you like that, the police own you. Like they, they know you gonna get you gonna try to get get back. Yeah. That's the easiest way to be convicted of a crime. Right. You know what I'm saying? When something like that happened. So instead of getting get back immediately or ever, um, he's pretty much taking the victim route. That's that's pretty much what's just happening with that. Mm. Um when I first heard of what happened, I was just kinda shocked because that's where I grew up. So mm-hmm. That you know, it sounds kind of fat, but like that McDonald's is like the staple of the hood, like at least where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? That in the old folks' home, um, across the street, and it, it's an old folks' home, literally d- across the street. So mm-hmm. that's what's really crazy too. Like that, something like that could happen right, right next there. to an old folks' home. But like, not only that, but that's a populated street. Yeah, no, it's a, it, like it's a like I can't believe street. they sprayed right there because it's like. You very much could have hit anybody. Yeah, populated street, populated McDonald's. My people could have been over there. Like I, I, I got so many calls when that happened. Um, that could have been my my family calling that cross fire. So it was right. it was just kind of crazy to me that that happened like locally. Um, but um, I got so many feelings towards this situation because mm. like that it it just goofballery. Like <laughs> you know people after you, you know. 
And what what I'm hearing is he wasn't even like the father in the child's life for real. Um, so like it was a dude that like was raising the the daughter with the, mo- um, the mother, and he's basically the fuck up baby, baby daddy. daddy. And he just so happened around. to have his daughter with exactly. Him. So oh, how unfortunate man. is that situation? How heartbroken is the other dude that stepped up yeah. too? Um, so that, but it, it's just like if you know you in that life, man. I don't care about taking your kids to the park. You chose that life. Well, I'm not gonna say you chose that. It, it be, be you know, it's not yeah. that black and white. But at the end of the day, you in that life. Be right. responsible. Take your kids out of the community at least. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how you go? It's just crazy. But then also we look at, you know, a lot of people saying, like, oh, these people killing kids. I mean, the dude had tents on the car. They probably didn't even know he was with his daughter. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't know. You know what I'm saying? And to be honest, some of them so reckless to what, even if they did see him get in the car with her because apparently his address leaked or whatever, some people really just don't care. Because apparently he was doing hits out that car. It's what they were trying to say. Oh, God. So how you going to be in a, a hot car? Why With would you your kid. put your daughter in a hot car? That's wild. See, so, when you hear all that story, that's very wild. Like It's crazy. But as far as the, the last video um, where he was like, you know, I, 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 I get back for gang. I won't get back for my daughter. Right. Apparently, it was, I guess it was like a longer clip. Uh-huh. And I guess he was being sarcastic. So. What he was trying to say was, "This is what this is who y'all expect me to be. This is what y'all want me to say. Y'all really think I'm that dumb to where uh, everything's about gang banging, but it's not about my daughter." Yeah, but I mean, I don't really even. It was a useless sentiment yeah, for like, real. Just stop talking. Just disappear. It's like, gee, honestly, it's even too early for all this. What you trying to? What are you even trying to do? Make a name mm-hmm. for yourself, like. You want us to know who you are? Like, I don't understand. I don't even understand. Quite frankly, I'm going to throw WGCI in this a little, though, too. Because media, y'all got to be more responsible. This is who y'all choosing to, to interview for what? And then, quite frankly, if you if you going to interview somebody like that, knowing it was like, it was basically a drill. It wasn't just like, a, right. you know what I'm saying? He wasn't like, a victim. She was a victim. Yeah, yeah, it was a drill. And it's like, y'all need to know what y'all about to have on the radio. Like, it should have been a conversation of like, so yeah, this is what we talk about. And I feel like they about. knew that too, though. Yeah, but that's the clout chasing I be talking about yeah, with that's some ridiculous. black media, where it's just like, I mean, no, I mean, that situation was just too tragic to be giving that man a platform to say anything. Like, dude, a clown. Like, it really was. It really, really was. And it it doesn't speak highly. It just doesn't. That's not the type of attention that we as a city need. It's not. Um, but you know what? We're going to get into something a little bit more positive. Let's talk about who cared for the culture this week. Um, And, you know, I was going to do something else, but I saw something that happened at the crib, so I definitely wanted to highlight. Damn it, I picked the wrong one. I definitely wanted to highlight that, you know, we're not just a city of violence. We are also a city of goodness. So, um... The person that cared for the culture this week is a Chicago Uber driver by the name of Michael Busan uh, or Busan. I'm not necessarily sure how to pronounce his name. But anyway, Michael rushed a 20 year old man to the hospital after that man was shot 10 times um, to save his life. And Jamal Green, um, Chicago activist Jamal Green, tried to pay the expenses of the car um, he tried to give him $5,000 and Michael actually rejected it. He went on to say that, you know, he, he felt like the family of the child needed it much more. You know, 
they just kind of got shot. They're sure he had to have surgery. It was a lot of stuff. So he said if they're donating money to anyone, they should donate it to the family. So shout out to Michael Busan Bussin. I definitely thought that that was like crazy when I saw it. Like I'm like, damn, like that's wow. Because most the fact that he non-black too. Like, yeah, like, like they be driving off when. They're not even sure if you the exactly. Rider. They don't so, even drive in them neighborhoods. Like no, that, that too. So it's like, damn, that's that's actually crazy. But I but I was also thinking on my like, you know, <laughs> what if he was on some like, because he because he had talked about the expenses. He was like, this is gonna take like twenty k to repair these damages. So what if he was on some like, boy. Five thousand. Like, oh, I'm gonna get the like, GoFundMe well, popping. Yeah, right. he's like, just give it to buddy. Damn, like, low key. The car is is over with. Low key, because when the GoFundMe come, it is yeah, gonna, gonna be busting. It's gonna be like, oh yeah. yeah, damn, everything is a power play. Yeah. But it was nice. Well, he saved them. Him, yeah, right, right. he saved <laughs> them little boys' life. You know. All right, so let's get into our topic of the day. All right. So our topic of the day is talking about rap as a career. Um, and, you know, with rap as a career, we're seeing a lot of deaths of a lot of our rappers. Um, rest in peace, Shock G. Rest in peace, Black Rob. They just did the funeral today for Black Rob. Rest in peace, DMX. And so many more, right? That's just kind of like a mantra in hip-hop. Rest in peace at this point. Right. Um, but outside of, you know, our our, our legends dying early, um, a lot of them are being killed. So today we want to talk about, is being a rapper a dangerous career? Um, so I think it's, it's all about the way you approach it. Because, obviously, if you're a more lyrical rapper, then, like, it's certain dangers outside of, like, maybe, you know, being robbed mm-hmm. that you that you really got to worry about. But if we talking about, like, drill scene or not even just drill scene, but, like, tough guy rapper. Mm-hmm. You're a tough guy rapper or you're a street rapper. This career <laughs> is just, it's, man. Like, it was the it's, this. You know, like, it's just like this. Too many... Especially because I just look at it from a lens of Chicago too. How yeah. many rappers died in pursuit of trying to be get some clout, or even just be yeah. a rapper in general? Like this ain't no city where you could be lacking like that. Yeah, so you up get poked just for being a rapper in yeah. general in the city. Yeah, and if you got guns in your videos, people it's weirdos that just want to beef with you. Yeah, just because just and pull you, your card right. Then you say where you from at that, and that is adding more danger. So it's just like. um it's it's crazy and like you know I'm not a six nine apologist dude is a clown but he did make one good point where he was basically just saying like the same fans that enter- entertain um, the bad boy image want you to be a super street dude these ain't gonna be, be the people putting money on your books right you know, these ain't gonna these are gonna be the people that forget about you in two weeks they gonna Facts. act like you was the best rapper to ever live Facts. for a week. And then they don't even stream your music no more. Damn. So it's a career where, like, it's just a bunch of send-offs. Like, it's bogus. So it's like, I like the fact that um, you got a lot of people that, you know, didn't have a lot of opportunities making it in, in, in careers and doing something with, it, with themselves. But just think about how many people, like, got lost trying to pursue that industry. Whether it's in violence or drugs or right, everything that comes with. So so let's touch on that image. So do you feel like to even be considered a real rapper, 
um, these days, you got to be a hood dude. Because we see, like, um, the rapper who made Whoopty, you know, the Whoopty, you know, y'all know that song. His name is CJ. And, you know, he's been getting a lot of pushback, especially in the New York streets, because it's like basically he falls flag in blood, but it's mm-hmm. like he not even about that life at all. Like, bro, is not hood. Yeah. He not from the hood. But he makes, you know, I guess, quote, unquote, hood raps. And even with, you know, where they say conscious rappers, I guess that's how that demographic came because it's like you're not a hood rapper so do you think that that that's a lifestyle that people gotta have to be a a success a successful rapper i definitely think that the clownery um is a is an accelerated track to to fame yo Mm. proximity to gangs um who you know in the city who you affiliated with like you know when you look at even us, like, you know, of course we entertain it, but white suburbia going to super eat it up. Oh, yeah. And they don't really know, like, we can still look at somebody and say, oh, dude, a goofy, dude, right. a lame. Like, even like a French Montana. Right. If he rap about guns, that, I'm that, that's somebody you would probably smack on the street. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He look like a goofy, you know? So we could probably read through it a little bit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or even Dex. Dex have guns in the video, but... We still don't look at Dex as a, as a tough guy. We looked at Dex as a as an entertainer, like right. somebody that made us feel good. But I've been to a, some shows where white folks just they think he they think he liked that, you right? Know what I'm and I'm not to say like it's not. I mean, I saw where he grew up. I saw how he was coming, but you know what I'm saying. They just everybody too ain't everybody ain't the driller. Street. You yeah, know what I'm saying. Everybody exactly is not right. the shooter. Like exactly. that's just the fact of the matter. Exactly. Like so. everybody's not that person. I definitely do think that it's like. That's part of the package. You know what I'm saying? Like, even just the content matter. Like, you kind of got to come in, you know, talking about who you kill, what you kill. And that's how a lot of these young boys getting caught up. Mm-hmm. That, that you know. Snitching. That, sn- like, that's literally the story of Bobby Schmurder and all of them. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, that's what's going to sell. Me, me talking about the street life. Me doing this and doing that. Whereas, like, you know, if I'm coming in like asher roth talking about i love college you know you know what i mean like i don't think that that would be received as well maybe from a certain type of black people because you know we have the j coles drakes and whatever Mm. but uh corday corday yeah for the younger generation true true corday is coming through trying to change all of that but i think that they get a, a, a stigma even when you know they're talked about it's almost like oh i don't consider him like a so-and-so rapper like that's not or, who i or think hot of. exactly they they all all of a sudden are underground just because they're not on that shit but i think too like i mean so even if you are trying to be a rapper too like okay you can look at at least the situations of um let's say cali new york and chicago mm-hmm. so if you were gang affiliated in chicago i mean or let's just say like if we look at otf right mm-hmm. and who they're affiliated with you know we don't want to say you know, the specifics, right. but like, you know, looking at G Herbo and, 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 uh, and Dirk specifically, Dirk and him specifically, obviously they're going to kind of like vouch for certain rappers that are right. from certain communities. Exactly. So let's just say you was from a, a, a given community, but you really didn't want to be a rapper like that. Right. It's going to take you a lot longer to get on or right. at least pay attention than it would if you act like you faking an alliance with them. You know right. what I'm saying? So that... That's another thing. Like you, if you know it's heavies in your cities that belong to to certain stuff, you're gonna start. Exactly. That's true. That's for sure true. Cause now, okay, so when we think about some of you know this archetype of what we expect from rappers, 
Um, I know at least for me, when I go into my hip hop historian bag, the earliest, you know, big beef and all of that, like gang life, street life shit, I feel like, you know, we started with Biggie and Tupac. Like, I'm sure there was little rap beefs here and there, you know, maybe KRS-One and Big Daddy Kane or somebody maybe must have had some shit. But I think when we talk about that commercialization and glamorization of, like, street drama turning into, like, music drama, it started with Biggie and Pac. Um, I kind of almost feel like people since then have been chasing that reputation. Yeah. Of, like, you know, especially that Pac reputation of, like, you know, I'm the bad boy, I don't give a fuck. And then, like, the biggie reputation of, like, I'm from the streets, I sling the drugs, I do that. Like, I feel like people have been chasing those images, and it adds to the to the danger of rap. Like, And I feel like, I mean, even when you look nowadays, like, folks kind of still don't be like that. Right. Like, past the point where you getting money, you're not the dude in the street shooting, you know what I'm right. saying? But at least they still have some type of credibility when you look at Tupac and Biggie, well, Biggie, Biggie's affiliations were a lot of street dudes and people right. that was really into like that. Obviously, Pac with de- Death Row, but Pac was not like that. He at was not. All. That yeah. man was an actor. So that nigga was a thespian for real. <laughs> no, for real, <laughs> for real, for real, for real. Like so, where I'm from, he's a goofy. That's a goofball. You jumped off the porch in your twenties, right? You a clown, like. But you know, I we love Pac. Pac's, you know, was a revolutionary. Had a lot of great things to say, but on his choice to to embrace the Gang dark life, side, yeah. he was a straight goofball, and you know them the people that begin clapped the fastest a lot of times too, right. doing the most like you know. But I do feel like um, you know a lot of people get clout off. Um, Beef as much as they do gang affiliation. Right. You know, somebody always trying to, even the days of Nas, he was saying, like, somebody always trying to get play off your name. Right. So it could be, it don't even got to be your op. It could be anybody, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, that ultimately take your life. I mean, even look at it in the case of Vaughn. Like, you know, that situation was still kind of personal, but, I mean, you would think that the people Vaughn had beef with would have been the ones to take his life, but right. he got smoked by some randoms in, 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 Atlanta. in Atlanta. So, right, you know, but even then, again, inviting that energy. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Pop Smoke. You weren't in New York when you got killed, but it's right. like sometimes it's just like, I guess the local tough guy or, or any tough guy just, I guess he proven he tough by proving that you can, you can be possible of lacking. You know what I'm saying? So right. It's that a dangerous, you know, they yeah, get caught slipping mentality. Even like the whole take your chain thing that yeah, yep, a, a, yep. a lot of these rappers really try to stand behind. Cause I'm like, man, they can just get robbed, bro. If you that rich by another chain, you know right. what I'm saying? Not to say just let everybody rob you, but it's like, honestly, what are the odds that, how many people gonna rob you, G? Like, if you really think about it, unless right. you like lacking that hard, how many times you finna get upped on your chain? Like, let them yeah, have like a chain. Cool, Rich Pablo, uh, Juan. Yeah, they was taking this shit like every <laughs> week. Like, dude, man, like, like look you, around. At that point, then you know what I'm saying. This should be a life lesson. If you getting really like, you know, snatched up that long, that much, that's a life lesson at that point. Yeah. Um. Because it's like, so now, if we're really thinking about this evolution and clout, like we just named, about doing beefs, um, do you think that everything is okay to say on the diss record? Because for me, you know, I'm always going to think about Drake and Pusha T, 
right? You know, I'm, everybody know I'm a big Drake fan. I love Drake. Um, and that's like a more recent, you know, I guess diss because we don't even see niggas be dissing each other in music right. no more. Um, but you know, the way that Drake describes it, that he kind of bowed out because Pusho got too personal when he revealed that he had a son and all of that and was talking about 40s, you know, terminal illness and, and things like that. But a lot of people said that, you know, he shouldn't have took it like that. Like, music is music. So do you think that with rap, do you think everything that's said in the music stays in the music? I mean, he he for sure violated with that. I like, feel like that he, was too he, much. He, he over-violated with that, but I don't know. Like, I mean... Like, it's, it's rap, I think, is like this song's still like a... um. Is that still like a credible way to handle discourse in rap? Like, as you like, you know what I mean? Like, if I really got beef, right? Like, Ron and them got beef with their people. Mm-hmm. Do you think that people are gonna like be like, oh, damn, you pussy. You just talk about this shit in the music, but you not, you not, you know, you not running on him. Like, but that's why I kind of, I never really understood rap beef or even rap battle. Like, that's just the most <laughs> clowned out, whatever. For Is real? it a sport? Is it a, a poetic hobby? I, like, bro, listen. You not finna be spitting in my face, talking about how many clips you gonna empty on me, how you will smack me, you know, uh, crack my girl. How can you disrespect me like this? You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought it was the art form. Nah, ain't no art in just disrespect like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? We we, nah. So it's like I be halfway between the art, but I don't. You gotta watch your mouth. Like you gotta watch your mouth. Some things I just like. Yeah. Okay. Like Meek you know. and Drake. Let's say Meek and Drake was a cute. I feel like that was a cute rap beef. It was like ah, y'all y'all took a little jazz, but so if like Re- Meek and Drake took that shit, and the next thing you heard, motherfuckers was spinning the block on Meek. I would feel like that's goofy. Y'all took that well, music. Not shit to really real though, life. because then again, they was talking about snatching chains. <laughs> So you're not finna take nothing from me, like you know what I'm saying. Like, it's don't get me wrong. Somebody try to rob me, you could have whatever love, whatever I got. I'm trying to live, but at the same time, in theory, bro, you you talking crazy. You talking real crazy. Like even Meek Mill and them, and I was on Meek Mill's side too, by the way. What war, you? War pain went crazy. War pain. Well, go back what? and listen to War pain. We've he never even crazy. heard. Is that a song? Listen, man. War Where's, pain. Is that on SoundCloud? Don't, don't listen to what she's trying to Can do. Can I she's find deflecting. it on SoundCloud? She's obviously a Drake fan. No, I'm, I'm a Drake fan too, but I'm, War pain. War I'm trying pain. to ask so I can give him a fair shot. Oh, it's, um, it's on SoundCloud. That piff. You know? Wow. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. She playing that piff. She like look at that. I honestly. I, no, nah, I don't think it's on Apple. It may not be on Apple Music. You know it ain't on Apple Music. But I mean, hold, well, is Drake, what's the name on Apple Music? Now you know that's on Apple Music. Yeah, because it was you, in a club. You setting thing. it up for the disrespect um, now. I mean, you know, SoundCloud. If you See, feel, humbly. SoundCloud. Nah, respectfully. Maybe, um, maybe Tidal. I don't know. Apparently, not, they got little mixtapes and all that, I guess. I was but. not paying $30 for Jay-Z streaming service. Yeah, his... um. Closeted uh, white company. So okay, now now we've talked a little bit about all these things um, that kind of add to it, Um, but I think that that rap as a genre has been plagued by three things: gangs, guns, and drugs. Of those three things, what do you think is the most dangerous? I think historically and now, like drugs, continue to be one of the worst things for. I guess the three, yeah. Because um, 
when you look at like the radicalization of gangs like that, yeah, I feel like the crack era is when everything really, really turned around because. You know, black folk been selling heroin food for years. That's and, true. From as early as the mobster. So, yeah. you know, you had functioning addicts. You had this real life community. Mothers on heroin still taking care of their kids. Right. Obviously, you know. Heroin a was addict, a very recreational yeah, it was, drug. It was, it was, it, yeah, like it was, you know, it's, it's heroin, but yeah, like people functioning. People shooting When up. you look at documentaries of the crack era, they really talk about that's like the first time mothers were leaving their children. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mothers weren't never really like that. So, um, you know, just, it, yeah. So anyways, the, the the drugs is really what even made the gangs become what they were because it, it, it stopped being about, like, petty beefs and right. and um, what they were intended for to, like, monopolies of, of drug money, the drug right. trade, having more blocks, territories, things like that. But also, too, like, even within rap, like, these people killing themselves now. You right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you got both both sides of it. Both. Like, Yeah, I remember, you know. uh, I don't know what documentary it was, but somebody was like rap went from, you know, talking about people who did drugs to talking about being the people who sold the drugs to now glorifying being the people who take the drugs. Mm-hmm. And I really do wonder, like, when it became cool to be a drug addict because I, I definitely think... Another thing is I think that there's a lot of closeted drugs that like maybe because they're like talked about in a real popular way we don't realize like no that's a deep drug like a lot of our favorite celebs you know quite as Michael Jackson died from painkiller overdose you know what I'm saying Prince died from painkiller overdose a lot of them died from those painkiller overdoses Mm -hmm. popping pills um but I, I I definitely I don't know. Like, I, I wonder when it became really cool to be a drug addict. Well, I think, too, like, as a black music scholar, like, something that I pay attention to is, like, black mu- music movements and, like, trauma or, you know, just just how our situation affected what we heard. Mm-hmm. And, like, even when you look at, like, music uh, genres as early as uh, jazz, heroin was really, really right. big in, uh, in, in jazz music. So, you know, then you got... Um, you know, soul music, disco music, the pimps, they was drinking lean way back then. Low key. Uh, lean and pills. And, like, yeah. my dad even had to tell me that, like, this is not new. Right. We, You know, them pimp cups didn't have liquor in it. That that was, those was the uh, original double cups, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, the drug's been there, but folks just didn't feel the need to say, like, do, do acid. To glorify Do coke, it. you know what I'm saying? So, um... The drugs always been there because I mean some of this music is so great that probably didn't happen sober. You know what I'm saying? Probably right. wasn't inspired by sober thought, but it was a mystery of it. E- even just like um sex, how sexy is in music nowadays? Right. Like Marvin Gaye, he talked about you know Let's having get sex it going. too, but it was a it sex song, but it was different. It wasn't eat your booty like groceries. One, one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like it now everything too much of our business is spilling into music now. Right, you know I mean? right. I, I definitely think that there's not enough separation from, like, artist and lifestyle. And I think that's part of what's plaguing rap to a degree. Like, we, you know what I mean? I think that there used to be, it used to be where rappers would be, like, fake single. Just because we needed to see that. But I think now there's too much emphasis on, like, the shit that you're rapping about, you gotta live. Mm-hmm. You know, like, now we were forcing it to be one. Where it's like... 
you know, Future definitely stopped taking lean like years before right. he stopped rapping about lean. And I think that like just trying to force these people to live these lifestyles, it's like some of this shit is just meant to be fantasy. Right. You know, we're not supposed to really think that you do coke every day. Like that's just supposed to be a little song. And it's like to be honest, like even when we look at people like uh Dirk, mm-hmm. Dirk rapping about pills a lot but i mean he even say like i struggle with withdrawal on the track you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like i had to go through phases so it's right. like at least he telling you the ills of, of, of taking these drugs while also talking about the drugs but i think social media just got people capped out too right I think the fact that so much of their lives or at least what they want to show of their lives is on social media people expect to hear that within the music mm-hmm. too so mm-hmm. i do wish that like we would take gun violence more seriously like people would stop promoting having guns because i just also feel like too many of our rappers are getting like nonsense gun chargers yeah and, but you know also and, and i don't want to be that guy because i understand you know systemic all the <laughs> systemic issues i always got to preface with that because folks would be like but 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 i will i understand but it's one of those things where it's like i remember when uh when when yay was like uh you know, killing some whack shit. Mm-hmm. Like, all y'all rapping about killing, like, this is mm-hmm. not cool. How, in one hand, could we be Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, but what we play the most is black death. Like, right. And we think that shit cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, even just, like, you got to be careful with the music you listen to. Like, you don't think some of that music even aspire to kill us to kill? For real. It, it's me? real manifestation sometimes yeah. in the shit that we listen to, like... You know, I ain't gonna lie. I be getting real thugged out when I'm like listening to my Pooh Shiesty you and my Young Dolph. Like all of a sudden, I'm a Southern drug dealer. Exactly. Like it's real to me. So I definitely think that that is crazy. But so moving forward in rap and everything, um, Master P recently came out and and said that you know this is why we've been saying we need a union in hip hop, right? Because you have people like Black Rob who passed away and now the family's kind of looking for uh, you know, retribution. We have people like um who is it that just passed from Diddy's camp? That made whoa. I forgot his name. Um uh, why well, I can't think of his name. Yeah, I'm blanking on his name too. Rest in peace, though. That was that was a banger too. That was like I I cannot think of his name, but you know we got buddy like him, um, and, and all of these people who are like they contributed so much to rap and hip hop, and they're struggling with drugs, they're struggling with gang relations, they're struggling with like you know knowing what to do with their money, they're going broke. So, do you think the idea of a union would be helpful for some of this violence and some of these, um? You know, this this lifestyle that's in rap. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like we gatekeep so much clownery anyway. Mm-hmm. Who can wear what color? Who can say what? You know what right. I'm saying? So if you're going to gatekeep that and you're going to enforce it, obviously y'all have some power. Right. So it's just all about what you do with your power. I don't know exactly what that would look like, but... Yeah, y'all want to flex y'all power and, any, to you know, to flex on everybody else. So, you know, make do, mm-hmm. do it positively. Um actually stop signing other black people into slave deals. You know what I'm saying? Because it's crazy when we complain about it when white folk do it, it, but but y'all, you know, it's artists that's literally taking advantage of other artists that they know coming up. You know what I'm saying? Buying them cars and 
jewelry and a bunch of other stuff, but you know, you playing them. So it's like we got to start using our platforms to uh, reform the music industry. I I think that you know rappers do need to be held to a standard within a union, and it could be beneficial both ways, right? Like I think that there is too much like. I'm just just be rich and not have no checks and balances about my money and my voice and what I do. Um, you know, even as simple as g- the gang culture, you know, because real life gang culture don't need to live in music. It, it just really don't. It don't. There's no reason why, you know, people should know that much about gang culture. And you're like, you know, even when I hear people that's not from Chicago talk so much about our gang culture and our yeah. gang like and all this shit, I'm like, Y'all don't know nothing about this. Y'all don't know how many people really lose their life behind this, how many families are affected by this shit. And y'all have just turned this into some, like, caricature culture. And I feel like if maybe there was something, like how basketball players, right, when the basketball first started, these niggas was just able to come to games looking like they was going to do a pickup. And then one day they was like, y'all are multi-million dollar brands. I don't give a fuck what hood you from and what's acceptable. You need to start carrying yourself like you're a multi-millionaire. So you need to come to these games in a suit. And I think that maybe some of that same structure can help in rap and hip-hop. Not to police them, but to say, you know what, we will find you if we find that this this is something that is connected to gang culture because it promotes this. You know, if you, you know, just, just something to help them know, like, y'all shouldn't be getting caught with guns going to the grocery store. Like, there's really no need. For you to be carrying all them damn guns. But, you know, sometimes it's like folks be so far gone, too, that it's like, you know, people be acting like your street beef erases just because you get rich. Like Casanova. The same people that wanted to kill you back in the day is the same people that want to kill you now. Right. So it's like, at least for the street artists, they street artists and they street first. So it's like. And that's why the union needs to be there to help navigate this transition from you know because the, i think that pay just, for their security yeah it's just too often yeah. and, th- and that's really what it is right like they really shouldn't have to spend all their money at least like let it be like insurance a copay on their security or something so that they don't feel that they have to independently contract all the security or you know what i'm saying so that you know like we kind of talked about in new york when they was doing the governor's ball they didn't allow a lot of their drill artists um or what they call drill and trap artists to perform because of quote unquote gang connections. I feel like if there was somebody to like vouch that they're not in this lifestyle anymore and this is, you know, this is how we prove it, then these people can transcend that part of their life. You know, I, I think that too often as people in the culture, we we seek to to leave a lifestyle, but when we leave it, we bring too much of it with us. Nobody's saying I be fake, you know what I'm saying? But like you gotta, you're in a new world, so you got to now learn how to move in this world. And yeah. as much as we try to act like rap is still this backpack, alley, grimy New York thing, it's not. It's pop as fuck. It's a corporation, and people got to start moving. Like, it's a corporation. Like, Yeah, it's kind of just weird. Because it's like, at the same time, if you do let these people... Because the thing is, like, the, like all of them say they're the voice for the streets, and the streets going to be the streets regardless. So right. let's just say the artists did go corporate. It's still people in the streets, like people that attend concerts, obviously get searched and all right. that. But even like just the surrounding community, if we want you bad enough, we going to get you. And that's we fine. We'll trail your car. We'll do whatever. Like, 
you know, young Dolph with the bulletproof car still got shot up. You know what I'm saying? Rick Ross, same thing. So it's just one of those situations where it's like, I don't know. Until we can see that type of reform, it do it does need to be certain safety precautions because. So you think, like, if we want to be honest, you think it's just kind of like a black thing? Because we really don't see this in. Or, you know, I don't want to say a black thing, maybe your culture thing. Because I don't think the black country stars are going through this shit. Yeah. You but, know, black rock stars ain't going through this. But see, that's why I wrote a paper on black trauma and hip hop. And it's just like our situations, our, our music is a reflection of what we're going through. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if it wasn't for all the systemic bullshit that's happening, mm-hmm. we wouldn't even be talking about half of this stuff. Parkway Gardens, all these places be projects. Right. You know what I'm saying? And people are just products of their environment. Right. It don't really make no sense for certain things to be in rock music because y'all don't grow up in right. communities that support this type of lifestyle. Not even just you know. that, but like, okay, like a lot of rock stars, you know, let me speak for white people. I'm not white. I don't really have white friends, but what I imagine people that engage in, let's say, heavy metal rock, right? I imagine some of them are white trash pill popping people, right? And, you know, I don't know. I don't be in white people business, but I, I imagine that they don't have this level of violence and constant target just because they're a rock star like even if they like ODing on drugs and that's their shit or maybe like suicide is their shit is there some sort of acknowledgement that the culture of the music that you curate makes you imitate that life yeah I, I mean I think that's exactly the problem and I think it not only be real for the artist, but it be real for the people as well. Right. And, like, let's just say it was some, like, white heavy metal band or something mm-hmm. like that. You still selling music to a target audience or, right. or, or a certain group of people that don't really relate to that. You know what I'm saying? So it's still just, like, what type of impact is it really going to have? Right. Even when you look at, like, the downfall of some of the white communities, that's because of hip-hop. Mm. They they can they consume in this hip. Actually, I was watching an Damn, interview. The for other, real? I was watching an interview the other day, and uh, Tupac is basically saying because they were saying like, "Are you a? Uh, are you getting pimped by the industry?" Mm. He was like, "Okay, I guess you can look at it like that." He was like, "We all getting pimped, but low key, y'all getting pimped because everything I say, your children imitating." So, oh wow, let's just even look at like future. It's just as many white future friends as it is black oh, future yeah. friends. Y'all doing lean just like black folks doing, doing lean. lean. Yeah. What does that turn into? I'm not going to say that's the reason for the opioid crisis, but it but definitely helps. Y'all have different access. So you know even if, you know, even if our people are ODing in a different way, y'all kids is really, yeah. y'all getting that good shit. No right. matter what, y'all becoming junkies. Right. And it's no, And it's just like, we can at least see the reasons why it would happen. Like, oh, right. you know, because like I said, like the, the, the charm of poverty, like it's ain't no telling what it's going to do to somebody. But it'd be kids from like white suburbia that will walk in North Lawndale looking for heroin. They have no reason to even be, be there. And I'm not going to blame rap music for it, but yeah. rap music could you know, be one of the reasons. They're you know? searching for that lifestyle. Yeah. so No matter what, they searching for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, the 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 and and that's a that's another topic that you know we can explore one day. Why a white suburbia has such fascination with black uh, fucking mm. pain and 
and uh, black culture and culture and just everything. It's like we just be like props for them. It's it's kind of sick, but yeah, that's a that's another. That's, that's yeah, another. look, that's a whole another topic in itself. But um, yeah, I mean for sure, I love rap. Y'all know. I'm a big hip-hop head, and I want better for us because I think it is like a lane that as black people we have chosen for success. We've chosen that as an out. Um, But I don't want that to mean that it's like, you know, the same odds of dying in the war is the same odds of dying as a rapper. And these rappers getting younger and younger, which translates into drug addictions younger and younger. Yeah. Deaths younger and younger. Like, Like, look at, what's that boy, Tay K. The little yeah. the little 17-year-old, little Melly, young, what's that boy that killed? Why then? Damn, we getting old. We can't name no yeah, rappers. Sound lame, that. Yeah, I think it was YNW Melly. Yeah, yeah, it's just like these kids are like just being exposed and just, it's just a lot. But shout out to everybody that's in rap that's trying to do better, trying to change um, the narrative, you know. Um but, you know, to wrap up the episode this week, I have a word of the week. Um, my word of the week is intention. Okay, everybody? Mm. Do everything with intention. Make a choice in life. Move towards that choice in life. And soon enough, that choice will become a reality. Stop just waiting for shit to happen to you. Make things happen in your life. Um, you know, don't let shit choose you. You chose this life and move in that. So you guys, this has been a great episode. I gotta let my guest shout himself out. You know, hey. get let, let, let the people know where they hey. can find you and your philosophies. Yeah, we had a we, we had a recent change, you know, summer coming up. I'm feeling a little different, you know. We go through a little name changes. So I was L underscore Omec. Look at now that. I am grandpa underscore Germothy. That is J E R M O T. H Y Grandpa underscore Germothy. Um, you can find a lot of this on my social media. I'm very outspoken. So you really can. You know. It's interesting. Yeah. Y'all can find all of that. Well, I'm the same bitch. I ain't changed nothing. It's hey. at damn underscore I'm fine. At D A M underscore I'm fine. Follow us on Cross Cultured at Cross X Cultured Podcast. Listen to us on all the streaming platforms. Shout out to our girl, Erica Mona. We miss you. She's coming back very soon. We cannot wait. Um, But we love her. We miss her. And you guys can always follow her and keep up with her at Erica Mona. That is Erica with a K. Mona with two A's. You all, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for listening to the end of this episode. Have a blessed day and a blessed week. This has been Cross Culture. That you cannot fix This is the peace that you cannot buy Finding a way where you cannot see Man with this system, he cannot pray I need to find you